This program is brought to you by Bible Way Media, a work of the Ulaga Church of Christ. Hello, and welcome to the podcast, Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The topic for discussion today in episode 35 is going to be from 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 14 through 16. When Paul records, this is a faithful saying, we need to listen up and pay careful attention to what he has just written, because he considers it especially important. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 14 through 16, the Bible reads, And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. However, for this reason I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show all long suffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. In verse 15, Paul says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. We need to listen up and pay careful attention to what Paul has just written because he considers it especially important. In verse 14, starting in verse 14, what Paul considered especially important, and the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. The grace of God is exceedingly abundant. Anyone can have it that wants to be obedient to God. Anyone can become obedient to God, especially if Paul can become obedient to God. You see, before Paul was Paul, he was Saul of Tarsus, a man that persecuted Jews. And so, if anyone knows how abundant the grace of God is, it was Paul. And this is one of the reasons why he says this is a faithful saying, and it's something that we need to pay attention to. It's no matter how bad our life gets, we can be forgiven. We can have grace we can have faith, and we can have love for Christ Jesus. And that's why in verse 15 he says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. I was the chief sinner. You see, if Jesus can save me on the road to Damascus and send me to Ananias to have my sins washed away, where I became saved... In Acts chapter 22 and verse 16, And why tarriest thou, rise and be baptized, and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord? You see, if Jesus can help me become a saved individual, then he can help anyone become a saved individual. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. John chapter 3 and verse 16 for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Notice that word, should not perish. Simply because you believe does not mean that you're going to be saved. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall inherit the kingdom of God. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So we have to do the will of the Father. Jesus has brought salvation into the world. In Luke 19 and verse 10, Jesus said he came to seek and to save that which was lost, but we still have to be obedient. If Paul had not been obedient and went to the road called straight where he met Ananias, he would have never had his sins washed away. If he had not been obedient to uh, to baptism, then 
he would have never had his sins washed away. Acts chapter 22 and verse 16. And why tarriest thou? Rise and be baptized and wash away thy sins. But this is a faithful saying, and it's worthy of all acceptance that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Verse 16 of 1 Timothy chapter 1. However, for this reason, I obtained mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show all longsuffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. If you are at a place in your life and you believe that you're unsavable because you've done too many bad things, look at this verse here and realize that Paul was the chief of sinners. He held the coats of those who stoned Stephen, and he was a murderer. But yet God chose to use him. He can choose to use you as well. If you will be obedient to him and follow him, he can use you. This is why he says this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. When Paul records this is a faithful saying, we need to listen up and pay careful attention to what Paul has just written because he considers it especially important. There's another instance of this found in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. This is a faithful saying. Paul saying, listen up, pay careful attention to what I'm about to say. This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. The position of a bishop is the same thing as an elder, an overseer, a pastor, or a shepherd. And so we're looking at the office of an elder. If This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. Why would this be true? Listen up to what Paul has to say. We know in life that everything needs leadership. If a job does not have leadership, it falls apart. If a business doesn't have leadership, it falls apart. If a family doesn't have leadership, it falls apart. And so Paul tells the people here, he tells Timothy, his faithful son, this is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. Why? Because the church needs leadership. Knowing that Christ is the head, we still need the leadership that God has ordained for the church. And that is for elders to be able to lead the church, qualified men. Going on in verse 2 of 1 Timothy chapter 3, it says, A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous, one who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being puffed up with pride he fall into the, into the same condemnation as the devil, Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. And so, men, if you're qualified for this position, if you're qualified to be a bishop, an elder, a pastor, or an overseer, and you desire the work, then you desire a good work. You desire something that's going to help the church to be the type of church that they need to be. Because you're going to be the type of man that is qualified, is going to be one that wants to help the church grow in every aspect. He wants to bring people to Christ. And this is a work. It's not something that's going to be easy. It's something that's going to take a lot of time. But this is a faithful saying. And so we need to listen up and pay careful attention to what Paul has just written. Because he considers it especially important. Paul considers it especially important that the church has proper leadership. Why? Because he cares 
about the church deeply, and he wants to see the church succeed in everything that it does. And Paul knows that if the church does not have proper leadership, then it's not going to be able to succeed just as a physical business in the world today that does not have proper leadership will fail. So will a church that is not organized according to what the Bible says. Another example of this is found in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. Notice what Paul says again, and pay careful attention to what he has just written because he considers it especially important. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptance. For to this end we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially those who believe. These things command and teach. Notice again verse 8. For bodily exercise profits little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. And in verse 9 he says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. We need to pay careful attention to this because physical things only profit a little. Even when it comes to our own health, our own health is only going to profit us a little bit. And Paul would understand this greatly. A lot of people in the world today believe that the thorn in the flesh that Paul talked about and that he prayed three times to be removed was his health. Now, we don't know this for sure, but it would make sense tying this in here that Paul would understand how little importance health is to the overall scheme of eternity. No matter how healthy you are, eventually you're going to die. And when you do, it's only going to matter whether you served God to the best of your ability or not, because in the next life, your health is not going to matter because you're going to be eternal. You're going to spend eternity in either hell or heaven, and how you lived your life on this earth is going to determine which place that you go. And so in verse 8, it says, for bodily exercise profits a little. It can allow you to live here longer and help you to have more time to teach people the gospel. But godliness is profitable for all things. Having the promise of life that now is, it gives the best life now, and of that which is to come. And he says, this is a faithful saying. Do not put anything physical above your spiritual well-being. And so when Paul says this is a faithful saying, we need to listen up and pay careful attention to what he has just written because he considers it especially important. Going on now, we have another one of these found in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 10 through 13. Therefore, I endure all things for the elect's for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This is a faithful saying, for if we died with him, we shall also live with him. For if we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. But notice, this is a faithful saying in verse 11, for Therefore, I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. I endure all things. I'll go through persecution. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 12, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. I will endure it gladly if it will help you to come to Christ. And that's what Paul is saying is a faithful saying. But notice in verse 11, after the semicolon, 
after I'm sorry, after the colon, there's another part to this. For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. Remember Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 where Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yea, not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, Paul had been crucified with Christ. And so he understood what it meant to be persecuted even to death. But being crucified with Christ, according to Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 7, was being baptized into Christ. In Romans chapter 6, verse 1, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How can we who died to sin live any longer therein? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? And he's saying, this is a faithful saying. Why would he put emphasis on this? Well, it's because Jesus, our Lord, put emphasis on baptism as well. In Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be condemned. Notice who is going to be saved. He that believeth and is baptized. And baptized is a reacting of the crucifixion of our Lord. It's a death You die in that watery grave when you're completely immersed in the water, and it's being brought back to life out of the water. But remember what Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yea, not I, but Christ. When you come up out of that water, you're dead. You've died with Christ, and you are being raised to walk in newness of life, you are being raised for Christ to live in you. This is a faithful saying. For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. In other words, you cannot be saved without baptism. And so when Paul records this is a faithful saying, we need to listen up and pay careful attention to what he has just written because he considers it especially important. Why did he consider it especially important for us to die in the water he gave a baptism and be brought back to life for Christ to live through us? Because that's what happened to him in Acts chapter 22 and verse 16. And why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. He knew that he was the chief of sinners in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15. This is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptance that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. He knew that he needed his sins washed away. And the only way that he could have his sins washed away was to be baptized to be saved, to die in that watery grave and to be raised so that he would no longer live and choose the destiny of his life, but that Christ would live through him. When Paul records this as a faithful saying, we need to listen up and pay careful attention to what he has just written because he considers it especially important. We have one more of these found in uh, Titus chapter 3. Verses 1 through 8, remind them to be subject to the rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Christ Jesus, our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a faithful saying. 
And these things I want you to affirm constantly that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. When Paul records this is a faithful saying, we need to listen up, pay attention to what he has just written because he considers it especially important. So as we go about our lives today, let's take this little bit of food and apply it to our lives, digest it into our lives, and mold our lives around the Word of God. This has been Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Thank you. So as we go about our lives today, let's take this little bit of food and apply it to our lives, digest it into our lives, and mold our lives around the Word of God. This has been Spiritual Appetizers, small devotional tidbits to stimulate the spiritual appetite. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this program. We encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, or Podbean. Thanks for listening.